welcome back to the Tea and a Buddy podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Erica. And today we're going to be talking about recipes that you'd think were ancient, but are quite new. You know, in the last 100 years or so. Okay. So yeah, you know, you, you know, you'd think... How, how ancient are we talking? <laughs> we're talking pretty ancient. We're talking like antiquity times. Antiquity yeah. times. Is yeah. that an official time period? Antiquity. Yeah, since antiquity. They call that. Yeah. That's what, what? they That's what they do. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Antiquity. Antiquity, uh, yeah. Okay. When is that? Antiquity. Like thousands of years ago. What? Yeah. That is not a time period. It's not a t- it's not a time period. It's just antiquity, meaning like when humans started to evolve, you know, and were cavemen or whatever, you know, like I mean, it's not a time period. It's just it's just a, a general <laughs> meaning for so antiquity. Because what's an antique? It's an old thing. Yeah. And it's very old. Antique you know? is usually something that's older than a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So anything years are older. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what we're talking about when we say ancient. Ancient. We, we think ancient it's... antiquity. Yeah. I mean, people will back me up here. I think. <laughs> Won't you? <laughs> the t- How come I feel like that episode of Friends where um where Phoebe is um she hates Pottery Barn. And Rachel keeps buying things from Pottery Barn and telling her that they're from, she's like, oh, but she's telling her she's getting it from like the thrift store, the charity shop or something. And, and Phoebe's like, oh, this is a great find. Yeah. What, what period is this from? And Rachel doesn't know any of the time periods. So she's just like, oh, the days of yore. And the days and, of yore. And from yesteryear. And well, it's know. like, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm not talking about in you know, antiquity. You know, it's, it's antiqui- <laughs> saying it just means like a gen. It's just a general kind of just rule. Old, old, general old, <laughs> general oldness. Okay, we've said way too long on this. <laughs> I mean, people know it, and you know, it's very cold here. And, you know, people are very. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good trance. Yes, it's very cold here, so that's probably why you're hearing little sniffles and <laughs> you know, sniffling. <laughs> but you know, like recipes that you thought were ancient, and they're okay. not. Yes. You know, you know, you, you're eating like, I don't know, people might be eating a hamburger and think, oh, this was around when cavemen were around. Okay. You I know, see you. this recipe has been around yeah. for thousands of years. Yeah. Millennia. You know, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I mean, what foods have you thought that about? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think I I've d- ever been eating something and thought... I bet they were eating this back in the day, well, you know. Well, you, you do. You can do that. I think I have thought about it, too. Maybe. Maybe, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's some things that you think, oh, yeah, they've been eating this for ages. Like Henry VIII, you know, the, the turkey legs. and The, the... turkey legs, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the basic stuff. Like turkey yeah. legs and roast chicken potatoes. Le- roast potatoes. <laughs> The roast potatoes, yes. Basically anything on the British menu. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, that's one of them, Yorkshire puddings. They were okay. only in- invented really in Victorian times, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly, because, I mean, it was just to kind of, like, you know, save up, you know, from, like, you know, um, a Sunday meal or whatever, you know? And it was like, you didn't have enough money for meat, so just make a... A batter and that'll do you, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I mean, you know, you think, oh, well, that, that they they must have done that 
beforehand. You know, they must have someone somewhere must have made a Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. In ancient Egypt, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but or the Romans, you know, they must have thought, you know, what would go great with this? Some sort of like batter with a pudding, you know, like make it like well, they call it Yorkshire pudding, but like a batter cake. Yeah. Because, I mean, bread is the oldest food ever. I'm trying to think, like, is... Bread was around in ancient Egypt, you know? The flat bread. There's, like, a recipe. They found a recipe for a flat bread, like, etched on a wall. Yeah. I think it was in Mesopotamia or something like that, you know? So there's all over, like, the world in that time, flat breads were being made. Yeah. And it's like, you want you want to find out who first came up with like, oh yeah, flatbreads. <laughs> did he make any money off of it? Or did she make any money off of it? Yeah. I mean, yes. Isn't, that's that's kind of a different topic, isn't it? But it's, yeah. But it's interesting to me how many places around the world have similar foods. I mean, br- yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Bread, like is, with, bread is common. Well, without know? having traveled I'm assuming, or or much, you know, people have the same kinds of ideas about things. So I guess maybe it started with like, okay, let's make a like a We've flat got, uh, bread or like a like something a that's easy to eat and then on we'll the put go. Stuff in it in ancient times, yeah. You know, we'll we'll stuff it with yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, and it's like that happened in different places all around the world without them knowing that. Yeah, because I mean, they couldn't go on a similar social thing. media and talk to each other and say, "I just made this amazing flatbread. You've got to have the recipe to this." Because really, and if someone you... in Egypt's like, "Oh, cool, cool, okay." Because if you think like something like ravioli is sort of similar to like a Cornish pasty in a way, yeah, to an empanada in a way, yeah, to um. Like a samosa. I mean, they're all like, they're all filled with something. You know what I mean? They're all like a type of bread or a type of carbohydrate, let's say. Uh, Yeah. Filled with something. I think like flatbreads, I think like in Roman times, and this may not be, this not, I don't actually have the documentation to hand here, but in, they used to cook them on their shields, you know, in like, whatever oh, like yeah. on the fire or whatever yeah and make a flatbread and you know they'd have cheese i guess they'd have cheese and they put cheese on top and yeah. it'd be like a little pizza then you know <laughs> cheese on their flatbread and they just eat it like that because you know oh, it's like God. on the go you know and so that's 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 the basic pizza right there yeah. you know cheese and thing because you know like pizza from 500 years ago is not like pizza you you'd see now i mean tomato sauce was added sometime yeah um, I think that was actually over here. It was I think added. So yeah, I was gonna pepperoni say pepperoni and know that in, peppers and all that. I don't you know, even know that if you, if you order like a pizza at some places in like Rome, let's say there's not even tomato sauce on it. I yeah, think. no, it'll just be like like the traditional margarita just be a cheese. pizza. I yeah. think it just has the basil cheese and the tomato and the yeah. and it doesn't have like sauce. sauce. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, because I I think we when we went to Rome. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, I was expecting, oh, they're not going to have, like, pizza, like, supreme pizza or a pepperoni pizza and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, they did, obviously, because, you know, it's not like we're going to be living in ancient Roman times <laughs> and we're only going to make it the the way ancient Romans do. And America's so forward with all their, like, meats and cheeses on the pizza, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But, yeah, no, it's just like they've got, like, salami and pepperoni and mozzarella cheese. And it was, oh, it was, it was good. It was good pizza in Rome. <laughs> the flatbread way and everything, you know. But, yeah, no, I mean, 
all the, the bread and like soups and stews are like the oldest. Okay, yeah. Because I mean, you know, yes. water, they put water in a pot, heat it up. Or we put some meat in there to like, you know, boil it up and yeah. whatever else. And what do you what do you have with your soup? You have a chunk of bread, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Or crackers over here. People in their crackers. I don't yeah. even know. But yeah, no. Um, the first one I've got in the list is it's it's this is like a a British heavy list, because, you know. But there's well, I mean, what you know, we've talked in the podcast before about like what foods technically are American foods, you know. Yeah. And anything that you would consider American is going to be not that old. So it's not gonna, it's not going <laughs> to be that old. Yeah, no. So yeah. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be invented in the last two hundred years. <laughs> Yeah. Um this the plowman's lunch though. I was surprised to learn that in its current form it's quite new. It was um invented in like the 60s or the, You'll the late have to 50s. say what a plowman's lunch. Plowman's is lunch it's basically, you know, cuz beer, bread and cheese have been combined in the English diet since antiquity. <laughs> There you go with that word again. <laughs> and have been served together in inns for centuries. You know, that's what antiquity means, centuries ago, you know. <laughs> However, yeah. the specific term plowman's lunch is believed to date from the 1950s when the cheese bureau... Oh, really? <laughs> the cheese bureau. Yeah. Which was like a marketing bo- body, began promoting it in pubs as a way to increase the sales of cheese, which had recently ceased to be rationed because of wartime. Okay, yeah. So they were like, we need to sell cheese now. <laughs> and milk, you know. That wouldn't be a problem for me. Yeah. Sell it all to me. <laughs> <laughs> and its popularity increased as the milk marketing board promoted the meal nationally throughout the 60s. And in the 70s, other ingredients such as like a cold pork pie were added. Oh, yeah. Uh, pickled onions and like a type of chutney, usually like beetroot pickle, you know. Yeah. So it became like, it's just kind of like a... What a plowman would eat when yeah. they were out plowing the fields, uh-huh. and you know they had a little pack Anything lunch. They could pack pack away, yeah. and that would be Cheese, stay good during bread, the day. Yeah, um, and beer. You know, you have beer, have a, have a beer with it. You know, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I mean, I've never really, I've, I've I've seen people eating them. You know, yeah. usually you'd have like lettuce and salad and stuff with it too. Yeah. You're not you're not such a fan of cold. Foods. No, I've yeah, cold cold cuts. You know, I don't mind them ever every, every cold so often. Cold meats, cold cheese, cold cheese. Yeah, I mean, I I prefer like hot meals. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, you know? but you can't say that that's a British thing because the plowman's lunch. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah the plowman's <laughs> lunch. There you go. I mean, I I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of like you know I've never really been a big fan of it because I was never really into cheese growing up anyway. Yes, you heathen. <laughs> you were the cheese head, but then and then I then I started liking cheese, cheese. and I don't cheese cheese. <laughs> yeah, so I live with Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. She's like cheese. Yes, cracking bit of Wensleydale. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, so like cold stuff, like, and of course, cheese and pickle sandwiches became a thing, probably because of the plowman's lunch. Yeah. Which was like a, a slab of sh- cheddar and a pickled beetroot. Cause mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like pickle as in like dill pickle or pickled cucumber. It's like a pickled beetroot with like, you know, other stuff. And it's like a chutney. Yeah. You know, cheese and pickle. 
I, yeah, I never liked that. I never liked pickled beetroot. I was never a big veg fan anyway. Yeah. Growing up, you know, yeah. like most boys. You know, no, just ve- like, no veg, no eggs, no cold things. It's like, what do no you, cheese. What do you feed him? Just meat. <laughs> meat and potatoes. That was all I oh ate. Oh my god, potatoes. You yeah. could live on potatoes. I could live on potatoes and bread. If I'm a cheese head, you're a potato head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see? That's what we look like. I just look like a potato head and Erica looks like a cheese head. We need to go um, somewhere for some good raclette, you know, with the, with the cheese. And, and the, the potato. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, like a plowman's lunch, that was only kind of like put together, really. That's I mean, very surprising. Actually. Yeah. I mean, that was only like a new thing. And, you know, when I look at that, I think, oh, God, that's been around since ancient times. Well, yeah. Big crusty bread. Block of cheese. Yeah. Pickles, you know. But I mean, to be fair, be a bread and cheese. Bread and cheese was like antiquity. Yes. (laughs) Antiquity. (laughs) And I do like bread. And I, and you know, it's funny because over here, it seems like nothing really is too bread, too bready. Too bread. (laughs) Too, no, there's not enough bread. I feel like there's not enough bread. I mean. That's I mean, just it's subjective. I, I, guess. I guess it is subjective, but it's just like I don't know. It just feels like, I mean, guess because just like Greggs and and bakeries yeah. and stuff. So I've been used to like oh the pastries and yeah, the, I suppose so. and the pasties mm. and the sausage rolls and everything's covered in bread. Yeah, I mean in and Texas, sandwiches and in rolls. Texas, we don't have a lot of like bakeries mm. where you can just go in and order like. A loaf of bread, I suppose. Yeah. Because our bakeries are usually in the grocery stores. Yes, but yes. But, like, up in Chicago, back east, you know. Back east. Boston. All yeah. All, of, all, of, all the bread. Yeah. All of the New England area about. and everything. They're going to have bakeries and all of that kind of thing. That, yeah, let us know if you if you know a good bakery near you that sells all the bread and yeah. all the all the stuff. Especially sausage if you, rolls, especially if you do live somewhere like in whatever. the south or the western United States, like let us know if with western United States, like nobody in California eats bread. <laughs> bread is carbs. Bread is it, carbs. You know? <laughs> it's, it's banned in I California. Even, I don't even know why. California I prop them. proposition five. Yeah, but um, just. Yeah, it would be really interesting to find out, like, oh, there's this really great bakery in Arizona or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the next recipe that I was kind of surprised about was sticky toffee pudding. Okay. Or sticky date pudding, as they yeah, call it. Yeah, it there. does seem like something that would have been around, like, Henry VIII time. Henry VIII would have eaten the crap out of <laughs> sticky toffee pudding, I think. He would have just been like, okay, give me a whole trough of that stuff you know but no again 19 uh, uh, the origins are disputed and owners of several pubs in yorkshire claim to have invented it uh they claim to 1907 funnily enough oh yeah and um there's a couple of ones in scotland that say oh yeah we invented it in the 1960s but it was popularized in the 70s and they developed it in Cumbria, apparently. And then then they eventually like made it like so it could be microwavable and sold you, in stores and stuff. You know what? When you really think about it, I guess it does make sense, doesn't it? Because it's dates. 
You don't grow dates. you don't grow dates in Britain, do you? Yeah, I mean it's got to have been like imported by yeah. by somebody because apparently that when the when a food critic went to these people, he said, "Oh, I, I received the recipe from Canadian Air Force officers, you what? know, who lodged at her hotel." You know, this this woman. He he received the recipe from a Patricia Martin of Clofton in Lancashire, and that Martin had received this from Cana- Canadian Air Force o- officers who lodged at a hotel during the Second World War. So. People were making this in Canada, maybe, because it's basically like a moist date cake. But yeah, if you're unfamiliar, and it's got like a toffee sauce, yeah, which is just basically butter and cream. But where do and dates sugar. grow? To me, dates are like what Middle Eastern, like figs, yeah, Greece? dates, yeah. I'm not sure where they like grow naturally, but yeah, when you think about that, like. Obviously, I never it ate was... it growing up, really. I mean, I had it like maybe once, and I thought it was good, and then I never had it again. It was like it's, it's like an old. It, it was invented in the seventies, but in the like eighties and nineties, I guess everything from the seventies and the sixties was kind of old hat. You yeah. know, you were in that transitional period where oh, we're eating microchips now and <laughs> and um, ice lollies and stuff like that. You know, yeah. so all the like stuff that was made in like. The 70s for like, oh, yeah, sticky coffee pudding and, you know, spotted dick and all that kind of went out of the window. Mm. And then it's only now received a resurgence because, oh, I remember having that in school, you know? Yeah. So. But like, you know, those shows that we watched um, on the BBC, like the, what was it? Back in time for dinner. Back in time for dinner, where they talk about like, when the like, more ethnic restaurants started increasing 60s. in popularity. Yeah. S- late like 60s. 60s. Yeah, it was, like, the late 60s, yeah. So it makes sense for, like, the dates to have come in and become popular, and, ooh, this is kind of exotic, and what can we make with these, and... Yeah. You know, I don't know, I don't know. It's like Indian yeah. food be- exploded in popularity, uh, you know, with the Bangladeshi immigrants and everything from, like, the 70s because onwards. Because what do you grow in britain what what grows really what's the main crop in britain do we know potatoes potatoes maybe apples yeah uh there's a lot of orchards in britain um yeah but like potatoes carrots yeah cabbage you know root root veg root veg yeah root (laughs) veg you know because there's a lot of rain for the soil and everything you know yeah so yeah Huh. Well, maybe that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah. I mean, I was going to go into, like, my gran used to grow tomatoes in a greenhouse. Yeah. I mean, that was like... That's a greenhouse, though. Yeah, it's a greenhouse. That's not like... Or the glass house, as she used to call it, because she was all a glass house. In the glass house, yeah. (laughs) Growing my tomatoes. (laughs) And they were good, too, apparently. I never... I never... I never really ate them, but I'm sure they would have been good in like a pasta sauce or something, you know? Yeah. But she never made pasta. Tomatoes. Put add that to your list of things Dominic doesn't eat. Raw, <laughs> if you're keeping, raw tomatoes. If you're track. Raw tomatoes. <laughs> no, I don't eat them because they're ugh, slimy and ugh, raw tomatoey. Uh, but so I, you know, my dad would cut them up and eat them with a bit of salt and pepper yeah but i'd be like oh no we're gonna mash them up put them in a salt and pepper and olive oil that's a better way <laughs> i don't know if i can do them just salt uh, and pepper i mean i i don't mind tomatoes but yeah i'm not like just a raw i need yeah i see i'm trying to remember you'd eat them like an apple you know yeah 
just on their own. I think it was I think, salt and pepper. I'm pretty sure I've seen my dad eat an onion like that at some point in <laughs> history. Yes, raw onions, no. <laughs> Any raw veg, get it out of here. Oh, I'm just going to have my onion Cook it. Here, like. Cook it up. Throw it in the fire. Uh, but yeah, no, that in the, um, sticky toffee pudding, you know, I thought that was around Henry the Eighth yeah, times. Antiquity. I, it seems like it. The, but yeah, then, the word of the day is antiquity. But then, <laughs> but then when you think about... Um, but then when you think about what it's made of, it's like, yeah. yeah, it makes sense that it wasn't. It wasn't, like, around since, I guess, Spotted Dick has probably been around a while, or is that I mean, I list? don't know. It's, it's not on my list, no, so. <laughs> um, chicken tikka masala is on my list, though. Oh, well. I but again, th- I didn't I th- think that you know, that was and it's like, a, an antiquity dish. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, like, you know, like in India, I mean, people, the, the origins of it are... Quite. Yeah, it's not Indian, is it? I mean, yeah. Again, another origin disputed thing. People going, was it invented in India or was it invented in the UK? And people go, well, it was probably invented in the UK. Yeah. Scotland, Glasgow, I think, claim, like, have a strong claim to it because someone said, in, oh, I, I did this. It was like South Asian cooks yeah. coming over from opening Indian restaurants the customer's coming in and he's like, oh, this chicken tikka's a bit dry. Could you have a bit of gravy with it? <laughs> and he just made up no. some st- tomatoes and spices and that was it. And it was but like, oh, okay, you, you know. Can you imagine putting brown British gravy on delicious, deliciously spiced chicken tikka? No, get Well, not brown that. gravy, no. Yeah, but it that must have been probably what they meant. Maybe. If they say if they're British and they said, Can you put yeah. some gravy on here? That's yeah. what they were thinking. Maybe maybe it was a sauce. Maybe he says, Oh, can it have a sauce with this? <laughs> Brown sauce or let, something. Hey, yeah. let us know if you are Indian listening, or if you have been to India, does chicken tikka masala exist over there? I, I just, think butter chicken exists. I I because people confuse that over here with chicken tikka masala. They're like, oh, I like butter chicken, and I'm they're like, very similar. They're similar, except butter chicken, I think, has more butter in it. Yeah, it's more like a just a, you know, like a very mild kind of like korma type. Yeah, you know, yeah. whereas chicken tikka masala, you can have it like it's more tomato based. You yeah. know, yeah, I. I would be willing to bet that you could find it in India just because of its popularity in, like, Britain and oh, yeah, yeah, America. Yeah. And, I mean, we're seeing it in the grocery store all the time over here now, so it's I think it's come up in popularity here as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like chicken tikka masala, like, that grew, exploded in popularity popularity and then indian food in general did then curry did yeah and curry still is holding fort against everything else you know because the chinese take away then you know yeah which is just like a and it's funny because you know there is a difference between british chinese food and american chinese yeah. food which is yeah. so hilarious because it's like <laughs> no, none of it re- represents actual chinese food uh, yeah. really no that's true it's funny because when you go to a Chinese restaurant or a Chinese takeaway in Britain, you can get a curry. You get, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> Chinese like you curry. Would never see yeah. It on the menu over here. And it's like, I used to get that. I used to get chicken curry and chips all the time at the Chinese <laughs> restaurant before I like got a. And chips, yeah. That, and chips. Yeah, that, well, that chips just is like. exists in Wales, though. 
Uh, probably the north of England, too. I've seen people on, like, you know, forums and stuff going, oh, yeah, that's a northern thing to have chips with everything. And I'm like, oh, it's a Welsh thing, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's not an antiquity recipe. <laughs> I don't think. Did you have a date? 70s, was it? 60s. 60s. Yeah, the 60s. That's yeah. When it came out. Or, you know, mm. was invented, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, baguette. Oh. Yeah. Bread, fine. <laughs> Baguettes are relatively new. Okay. And, you know, yeah, much much surprising. of the history is speculation, but it's believed around 1920 is when the baguette started, like, taking off. Huh. You know? Interesting. Because baguette simply means, like, wand. In French, you know, like baton or stick. And funnily enough, French stick is what it's called in the UK. It's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, my dad's like, oh, go to get a French stick. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like, oh, going to get a French... And you'll see it on things. I mean, maybe nowadays, with oh, yes, it's called baguette. But when I was a kid, it was always called a French stick. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But funnily enough, we were part of Europe then. So now that we're... Now that... um. Britain has brexited. Will it go to baguette? You know. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny the sort of resistance, and again, this is another topic for another podcast. But the resistance to use like French words in Britain. You know what I mean? Like you guys find it so fascinating that we have so many French words that we use, or or like. French pronunciations of words, especially like buffet. Buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because you guys, you guys like are very reluctant. We've got a lot of, we've got a lot of French like words borrowed. You know, we've got a lot of French words that are like, you know, we use a lot of like Like, rendezvous and stuff like that, you know, and and baguette and you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, you know, that, that's the French word, but like buffet. Buffet, you know. Courgette. I mean, that's French. Courgette, yeah. yeah. Courgette, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Aubergine. But it, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 so funny because, you know, you'd, you'd think, oh, baguette is like, that's been around since. Yeah. Yeah, I know, think I would since think that, yeah. Since antiquity. <laughs> and not just 1920 or whatever, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, when that took off, it started to be imported around the, you know, around Europe. Yeah. And ciabatta. Oh, no, I know about ciabatta. Oh, you know, do you? Yeah. I think I told more, you. That's much more recent. That's much more recent. That's ciabatta yeah. is closer to our age. Oh, my God. Yep. 1982. I didn't realize it was that That, that recent. recent. Yeah. And it was invented by uh, Arnaldo Cav- Cavallari. Arnaldo Cavallari, <laughs> who called the bread ciabatta polisania after police in it, polisine, polisin. I'm probably butchering that. No idea. <laughs> uh, the area he lived in, Cavalli okay, and other yeah. bakers in Italy were concerned by the popularity of sandwiches made from baguettes imported from France, mm. and so they were like. They're endangering their business, you know. Yeah, I think you told me all of this not that long ago, but yeah. I don't instead of them, you. instead of them just making baguettes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They were probably just kind of like, oh, no, we need to make an Italian bread. Ooh, ciabatta's so good. Ciabatta well. <laughs> is good, yeah. 
And so they set about trying to create an Italian alternative with which to make sandwiches. The recipe for ciabatta came about after several weeks of trying variations and of traditional bread recipes and consists of a soft, wet dough made with high-gluten flour. Yeah. Because ciabatta, you know, I think it varies over here, too. Uh, there's, like, you, you get a loaf of ciabatta and it's quite, you know, the the grain of it is quite close. And then some of it is, like, oh, there's, like, big holes in it. Yeah. And I think the the whole because it varies from region to region over there too, you know. Yeah, it can be quite the the outside of it is quite like crusty, crusty, like a baguette. But then the inside's very spongy, like yeah, a, like you could squish the loaf together yeah, like that, yeah. and it would be real like yeah, it's uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean you know it's like compared to a baguette, you know it's it's good, you know. Yeah. I like you it. You like I mean, a baguette better? I don't know. I don't know, a actually. it can be kind of hard. Like, you can actually use it as a baton and knock someone over the head with it. Yeah. Some, if, if it's That's a couple that, days yeah, old. That was a good thing to do. It's a douche, you know. <laughs> Get someone away from me. I've got my baguette. I mean, and, and they used to call it a baton as well. Yeah. That was another, you know, they would never use the word baguette. I guess maybe they've, they've uh, copyrighted the word baguette somewhere. Oh, yeah. I you know, know, maybe. And so supermarkets can't use the word baguette because, oh, it was. Oh, maybe that's what it is because, oh, it's not. It was. It wasn't made in France. So it's not a baguette. Oh, like know. like a Cornish pasty is not a Cornish pasty. You see baguette over here all the time, though. French baguette is this. French baguette. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's imported then. Maybe they imported the. <laughs> but in Britain, you know, like you go to the supermarket and it used to be French stick or baton. Ciabatta, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd had ciabatta until I was, you know, much older. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I think, I think Marks and Spencer started selling it in the mid-80s. You know what? Wendy's used to do this turkey and Swiss on ciabatta. Uh, when I like, first met you, for... that's all you'd ever go on about is the turkey and Swiss cheese. It was Turkey and it Swiss. Was so good. It was like And the no- way you were talking about it, it was like this gigantic sandwich that you'd have to like take little tiny bites. It out was of. it was like nothing that you could ever find at Wendy's again after that. Did after they stop that, doing it? It was quite like fresh and just completely different. And yeah, they did that for a while. I can't remember if it had I think it was just turkey and Swiss. I want to say it had avocado on it, but I don't think it did. Um but yeah, that might have been the first time I had ciabatta. I'm not really sure. But yeah, so good. Delicious. Ciabatta, yeah, no, it's 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 very good. Chef's you know? kiss. They do that at Mandela's too. They they serve ciabatta with oil, olive oil as well, you know, like fresh. It, oh, yeah, the it oven. is ciabatta, yeah. yeah. Just, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're making ourselves hungry now. Yes. Well, the next one is something I know you don't like. Americano coffee. Oh, yeah. The Americano. Americano, isn't that just black coffee? It's it's not brewed coffee. It's not brewed. What do you mean? It's um, espresso shot okay. with hot water added to it. Oh, okay. it's a type of coffee drink. It's diluted. It's basically a diluted espresso. Oh, I always thought it was just a black coffee. If you said I want an americano, I thought it was just black coffee. Like no, no, it's cream, a, no sugar. It's not like. Um, you know, like they've dumped it and they've just brewed the coffee in like a pot. Mm-hmm. It's like an es- a shot of like espresso or how many espressos yeah. shots and just diluted with some hot water, you know. 
interesting. <laughs> and it's a, there's a different taste to it, you know. Yeah. An Americano. And it, that, that came about in like the 1970s, they say. But then there's people going, oh, well, actually, it's it's a popular but unconfirmed belief that the name has its origins in World War II when American GIs in Italy diluted espresso with hot water to approximate the coffee to which they were accustomed to. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this coffee's too strong. (laughs) Yeah. Can't be having these shots of espresso. Because, I mean, espresso, they have a shot of espresso. It was like a cup of espresso. It was like very, very, like, um, concentrated coffee. Yeah. And I've had had espresso, and it's good, you know, on its own, you know. Mm. But, yeah, no, diluting it with hot water, yeah, that was, that's a new thing, you know. You think coffee's an something that's been around for since antiquity (laughs) (laughs) um and then that well we're running out of time here actually um cheeseburger the cheeseburger i mean i don't think that i would think that that was been oh yeah you think people you think somebody didn't start frying up meat and they had a block of cheese and thought well do you know what i should put (laughs) that cheese on that meat and see what happens but I am curious how old it is. Because hamburgers, right? Yeah. They've been around hamburger steaks, they used to call them. Because, you know, that comes from the Hamburg steak. Yeah. Which is kind of like the Salisbury steak, which apparently they changed that to, they changed the name of it to because of, during World War One because of anti-German sentiment. Oh. Um, they changed the name of the Hamburg steak to the Salisbury steak. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so, the so interesting. Are, yeah. I, I mean, so it's basically, because... And they're saying they're two different things now. The Hamburg steak is this, and Salisbury steak is that. You know. Yeah. But they're pretty much the same thing. It's a, it's a hunk of meat with gravy on it. You know. Yeah. So. The origin of Hamburg is unclear, though. Like hamburger steak sandwiches. Yeah. Have been advertised in U.S. newspapers from New York to Hawaii since at least the eighteen nineties. Oh, that is antiquity. <laughs> And several people, of course, have claimed to invent, have invented it and served the first one in their restaurant or whatever, you know. That's so weird how that is always the case, no matter what. It's just like, what what do you get by being the inventor of this thing, you know? It's like, well, it's popular, everybody's making it. Like, why are you lying about the the fact that you were the first one? You know what I mean? Like, somebody's well, it's lying. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody's lying or somebody's just thinking... Well, I started serving that in my restaurant and everybody had said they never had it before, so I must have invented it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then someone over in California is like, fair, no, well, actually, it was the same thing. And it's just kind of like, oh, it was just kind of like one of those. It was like the Dennis the Menace. Yeah, Britain yeah. And America thing. <laughs> I guess so. Because, you know, you think about it, that would have been something that they would have had in Europe. Like, oh, meat, you know, like a big thing of a Hamburg steak sandwich or steaks, you know. Yeah. Um, that would have been thing they would have but thought like of. Like a hamburger bun? That's a kind of a different type of thing. Or maybe because like... it was a round patty. Yeah. And they were thinking, well, this square, I don't know, there's too much bread here. We'll just cut off the thing. I don't know. You'd have to look up, look <laughs> that up. Because that was probably something they invented much later on in the, like, maybe 30s or 40s. Yeah. Adding cheese to hamburgers became popular in 1920. And there's several competing claims as to who created the first God, cheeseburger. Nineteen twenty is recent, though. Yeah, isn't it? I, I mean, mean, yeah, that it's is not more yeah. recent than I guess you would you would think, but 
<clears throat> Lionel Sternberger is reputed to have introduced the cheeseburger in 1924 at the age of 16. He was working as a fry cook at his father's Pasadena, California sandwich shop. The right spot and experimentally dropped a slab of American cheese on a sizzling hamburger. <laughs> uh... An early example of a cheeseburger appearing on a menu is a 1928 menu for the Los Angeles restaurant Odell's, which listed a cheeseburger smothered with chili for 25 cents. I mean, so you can't get a cheeseburger for 25 cents anymore. Yeah. But I mean, the the typical cheeseburger in America does have American cheese on it, though, doesn't it? You know? Yes. It's like, it's sort of rare, or I guess it's considered more gourmet if it's got anything besides American cheese. If it's got Swiss, or if it's got, yeah. you know, Jack, you know, Monterey Jack cheese, Jack or, yeah. yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, so that being said, I guess you know, craft American cheese, like you'd have to think, oh, well, how long has that been around? You yeah, know? and then there you go, cheeseburger. <laughs> um. And, you know, other restaurants claim to have invented it, too. And apparently the uh, the trademark was awarded to Louis Ballast of the Humpty Dumpty Drive-In in Denver, Colorado. Humpty Dumpty Drive-In! <laughs> According to Steak and Shake archives, the restaurant's founder, Gus Belt, applied for a trademark on the word in the 1930s. So these people just like, oh, this guy's dropping cheese on his burgers. <laughs> we need to do that, too. <laughs> And so well, you know, it's, so who, who, it's like, oh, we'll put a pickle and bacon. Because uh, apparently bacon was another thing that was added later on, too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I started the bacon cheeseburger. I mean, the bacon seems like, okay, fair enough. But, like, it seems crazy to think that somebody would go, hmm, wonder what would happen if we put cheese on this. I mean, we're just so used to it now. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, of course you put cheese on it. You yeah, know? of course you put cheese on it. You know, so it seems weird that anybody would think, "Oh, I wonder what that would be like." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, well, yeah, it must cheese. have been kind of like you know, like in the well, maybe in the in the fifties, there was this thing of putting a slab of cheese on an apple pie, on yeah. warm apple pie, yeah. right? So maybe that was something. I have to look this up. Maybe that was something <laughs> in a diner, and they thought, well, you know what? That's a bit weird to put cheese on a on a apple pie let's try it on something savory instead like a slab of meat meat and cheese going together you know yeah and you know that's yeah it. actually not when you say meat and cheese going together like i can see how people might have thought that was gross actually now that i'm thinking about it it's like oh that's that's dairy and you're gonna it's you're gonna put dairy with meat, meat? What, what's the yeah. matter with you you know yeah I, I can see people going, oh, that's a bit weird. That's weird. Oh, that is so, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and, you know, they're just like, oh, we'll put a, put some cheese on my apple pie. You know, because cheese must have been kind of like a dessert. Even like, you know, like, because it was kind of like a dessert. It was something that you had. A... Well, they do that in France, don't they? They serve like well, cheese at the end of a meal, like it was with kinda, your, kind of with your dessert. It's kind of like a soft cheese, though. Uh, yeah, but it's, but, like it's not, but it's not sweet. It's not like a cream cheese. No. It's still like a savory kind of cheese. So, so But that's yeah. what I mean. It's like a dessert. And yeah. that's how it must have been presented. It's like, oh, no, you don't have it for like a main. Mm. You have it as part of your cheese and crackers, you know? Yeah. And um, that's that's your like end of your meal digestion aid or whatever they used to call it. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah, what if you put it on like the steak? 
yeah. this Hamburg steak or whatever, or put it on whatever, you know, and then people are like, no, you don't do that. Because <laughs> weirdos do, does that. Yes. And then a round bun too. Oh, never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there we go. There we go. A food-centric podcast for you. Yes. Uh, it's not Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving themed. yet. Well, it's not Thanksgiving themed. No. Um, but I think we've talked about Thanksgiving at all we can. We've talk talked about, about turkey and yeah, in the past. So dressing. We thought, you know what? We'll talk about food, but not Thanksgiving. Well, it's not Thanksgiving today anyway. It's in a no, couple of days. It's so. tomorrow. Yeah. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it's a couple of days from now. A couple now. of days. Yeah. So hope you guys. Everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Wherever you may be. Even if you don't celebrate it, we still want you to have a happy day. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on the social media. We are at T-Buddy, T-E-A-B-U-T-T-Y on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.